Welcome, everyone, to Mystery, a podcast about myths and history. Today we have a Podicus Magnus episode here for you. I'm Brian Taylor Marshall with the triumvirate of hosting here with Peter and Cammie. Hey, guys. Good evening. Am I a host now? You know, all right, let's just shut the podcast down. (laughs) Guys, we really appreciate it. 1,500 uh, listeners as of May really appreciate your support. (laughs) Um, (laughs) You'll have this one, Cammie. So, everyone, welcome to Mystery. This is a podcast about missing history uh, where every week we will pick a topic, subject, myth, legend, historical fact, Polish World War II bear, what have you, and talk about it and give you a little story and then some history behind it. And in this episode, we've got our special guest, Peter, returning to us. I think this is our first... Uh, is this our first remote tri- podcast, Magnus? Yes, I miss yeah, your faces, guys. Yeah, that's right. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So, yeah, we're, we're going to be back. The, the schedule's been a little um, crazy just because of school and global pandemics. So... We should hopefully have our normal episodes resuming every Wednesday, and then this will be airing um, soon. Friday, this Friday, probably. So, um, well, they won't know which Friday. So. Correct. Yeah, a Friday you'll see this. But it, um, it takes a lot of editing to edit out all my swear words. So, I might yeah, take a while. oh my gosh, yeah. <laughs> so Especially when I have to look up the ones that you do in other languages, that's so <laughs> um. <laughs> But anyway, we are returning to ancient Greece, um, as the Western world calls us to uh, today for our story. Um, Tammy, will you let us know where we are going to begin and what we're talking about? Sure. Uh, Well, we're talking about Sisyphus and also Tantalus, and I have tackled the Sisyphus part. And Peter has tackled the Tantalus part. Um, I, for my story, Sisyphus was the king of Corinth. So that's where mine's basically set for most of it. And also, of course, the underworld. I, my sources were Apollodorus Library and Hygienus Fabulae, mm-hmm. uh, two handbooks of Greek mythology, translations by R. Scott Smith and Stephen M. Trascoma. The Encyclopedia Mythica, Ovid's Metamorphosis, and Theo.com, Ascalius Fragments. So those are my sources. Hmm. So like I said before, Sisyphus was the king of Corinth and was known to be quite a crafty but cruel man. For his sins, he was to be chained by death or by some accounts Hades and Tartarus for eternity. The thing is, we aren't exactly sure why he was being punished. By some accounts, Sisyphus had a quarrel with his brother, Salmonchus. The bitter king sought out the oracle of Apollo for guidance on how to kill a sworn enemy. The oracle answered that the children born of the unholy union of Sisyphus and his brother's daughter, Tyro, would kill their uncle slash grandfather. Tyro heard of the plot and killed her two sons born of Sisyphus before they could fulfill their destiny. Other writers say that Sisyphus angered Zeus by telling the weeping father, Aesopus, that the king of the gods, disguised as an eagle, carried his daughter off 
as he was known to do. Asopus promised Sisyphus a spring that ran through the middle of Corinth in exchange for his information. In this version of the story, Zeus, uh, Zeus orders death to retrieve Sisyphus and bring him to the realm of the dead. Regardless of what Sisyphus did to gain Zeus's ire, the gods wanted him punished. Death came to Sisyphus and attempted to chain up the king. Sisyphus, however, was a tricky mortal, and he, pra he praised death for the chains that were meant to bound him for eternity. They were crafted by Hephaestus. Sisyphus asked death to show him how the chains worked. Feigning astonishment at the crafty design, he then captured death in, in these bindings and kept him in a box in the palace. Years passed and no one died. Famine, plague, war ravished the world, but no one was given the release of death. Old men continued to survive, their frail bodies confined to their beds, unable to lift their limbs to care for themselves, but still they lived. The curse lasted for so long that Ares himself grew tired of war since there were no consequences. Ares came down to the land of the mortals and freed death and then killed Sisyphus. But the king was crafty still. He directed Maope, his wife, to throw his body into the street instead of giving him the proper funeral rites. Once in the underworld, he convinced either Hades or Persephone that his wife was a horrible person who refused to bury him properly. They allowed him to come back to life to scold his wife and make sure she buried him properly. So he does this, but then he refuses to come back to the underworld. Zeus was completely fed up with this trickster. So he sent the craftiest of gods, Hermes, to retrieve him. Hermes did not like Sisyphus because the king had tricked his son, Autolycus, many years before. Autolycus was born of Chione and, and Hermes. He was the king of thieves and was given a special power to transform his appearance at will. Thus, he, never caught, he was never caught stealing. Autolycus decided to start taking livestock from Sisyphus. And while he was never caught in the act, Sisyphus noticed how much Autolycus' own livestock was increasing. The king decided to brand the hooves of his animals, and he waited. After another raid of his flock, he went to Autolycus and found the animals with the brands. For good measure, he slept with Autolycus' daughter, who was also uh, Odysseus's mother. So Sisyphus might be the reason Odysseus was so clever. Back to our main story. Sisyphus had made many enemies of the gods and men, for this, he must be punished for eternity. The gods defied a devised a frustratingly devious punishment. Some say it was because he would kill travelers with a huge stone. Some just attribute it to his overall wickedness or any of the specific crimes he committed on earth. Whatever the reason, his punishment was not disputed. He spends eternity rolling a huge boulder up a hill. But just before he reaches the summit, the rock rolls from under his grasp and settles at the bottom of the hill. He then walks back down to retrieve the boulder and attempt his task again. Wow. Where did you get that from? Uh, did you adapt to your story? About a hundred different sources. Oh, Whatever awesome. I mentioned at the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> cool. That's awesome. Now, I, um, I'll talk a little bit about it later but sisyphus uh especially was was really interesting um and especially how ingrained it is even in today's culture um as well as the previous uh 
uh, like ancient Athens and stuff like that. So that's really cool. Um, yeah, I think like when I had first heard of Sisyphus, it wasn't even related to studying mythology or anything. I watched, I think it was Party Girl with Parker Posey in it. <laughs> yeah. And and they mention or she mentions it, um, how Sisyphus was sort of like destined to do this one task for eternity and she likens it to something in the movie i don't remember the movie that oh was. sure now but yeah i mean it's it's all over like popular culture and stuff mm-hmm. so it's very interesting i what i thought what i found interesting too was the fact that he would kill tra- uh, travelers um with the stone i mean it reminded me a lot of like vlad the impaler like the stories oh, we hear sure. about him yeah hmm. yeah so like just this wicked ruler that would just kill people because right yeah no that's right um cool all right well peter will you tell us the titillating tale of tantalus oh my goodness such alliteration (laughs) sir well you're you're gonna love you're gonna love what i've written then uh so (laughs) so i i like like cammy i'm using uh several sources here um hygienist um homer uh well hygienist is uh translated by mary grant uh homer's odyssey uh, Odysseus sees Tantalus in the underworld, so I'm using some of that as well. Uh, I'm using the Emily Wilson translation. Um, and in these various sources, Tantalus is kind of accused of different crimes. Um, so I've kind of combined them all in one story just to make Tantalus like incredibly awful and therefore deserving of his terrible punishment that you'll be hearing about uh, very shortly. So nice. let's begin. The word tantalize is seductive. It dances across our tongues like a luxurious treat and then hangs in the air with outstretched arms dangling trinkets. Tantalize is a word that speaks boldly and holds much promise, but in the end is only empty air, not capable of blowing even a single hair from our eyes. Tantalize is a bejeweled and sparkling arrow in our quiver of words, but rarely do we deploy it. As a pawn in our seductions and arguments, tantalize is but a mere feint, making a bold show, but promising only disappointment. And while the word tantalize may be familiar to many of us, some of our listeners might be wondering where the word comes from. Tantalize has been passed down to us from the time of the ancient Greeks and is derived from the name of an infamously scandalous king. While Tantalus's eternal punishment in Tartarus became the stuff of legend, his numerous and unspeakable crimes have faded from popular memory. So let's dust them off, shall we? Have a, have a look. So our story begins... Long ago, when the earth was young and unspoiled, and the reign of the great gods of Olympus had just begun, mankind was in its infancy. Slowly, small tribes of men gathered together and formed villages. These villages grew into great cities and eventually into great kingdoms, led by powerful kings. One of these kings was named Tantalus. Tantalus was a bold and proud man, His dominion over the mines of Phrygia had made him enormously wealthy, and his success had drawn the attention of the gods. From time to time, 
Zeus, the king of the gods, would open the doors of Olympus to certain jet-setting mortals. Having apparently learned nothing after allowing Prometheus to steal the secret of fire, Zeus extended an invitation to Tantalus to attend an exclusive party on Mount Olympus. Little did he know that he had invited one of the worst house guests the world has ever known. (laughs) (laughs) Before the hors d'oeuvres were even served, Tantalus had abused Zeus's hospitality by attempting to make off with his top-shelf liquor. You see, Tantalus had stolen the nectar and ambrosia of the gods and hidden them beneath his cloak, hoping to use the magical elixirs to grant immortality to the mortal realm. Beguiling the gods with his charms, Tantalus conversed freely with the gods. Having won their confidence, the gods let down their guard and told Tantalus secrets that he had no intention of keeping. Such valuable intelligence would fetch a high price back in Phrygia after all. Tantalus's final and most heinous offense occurred during dinner, however. As a test of the gods' omnipotence, Tantalus had devised a bold and cunning plan to trick the gods and expose their fallibility and weakness. Like an ancient episode of Candid Camera, Tantalus would sneak a surprise ingredient into the main course. Tantalus would not use poison, nor would he feed meat to a vegetarian or dairy to the lactose intolerant. Oh no, nothing so simple or common as that. Tantalize would serve the gods the flesh of his own son, Pelops. <laughs> like a cannibalistic potluck, Tantalus cut up his son, Pelops, mm-hmm. and boiled him in a stew and carried the steaming pot to the banquet table. Unfortunately for Tantalus, the gods were indeed omnipotent. They had realized immediately that something was very wrong with their meal. All the gods refused to eat Tantalus's grisly stew. All save one, that is. The goddess Demeter, distraught by the loss of her daughter Persephone, distractedly ate a piece of Pelops' shoulder. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> Zeus rose from the table and slammed his hands down, and Olympus shook with his anger. He ordered Clotho, one of the three fates, to reassemble Pelops and bring him back to life. Clotho boiled the young man's limbs in a sacred cauldron, and Hephaestus, god of smithing, fashioned Pelops a new shoulder of ivory to replace the one Demeter had absentmindedly nibbled. Pelops would grow up to be a strong and handsome man and a king in his own right, but he and his offspring would be haunted by the curse of Tantalus for generations to come. The party had been thoroughly ruined. The gods had been burgled, betrayed, and banqueted on boiled boy flesh. (laughs) That's good. (laughs) Thanks, man. Tantalus had taken ambrosia, stolen secrets, and killed his own son to trick and mock the great gods of Olympus. An example must be made. So deep in the underworld lay the dark abyss of Tartarus. It was here that the gods imprisoned their worst enemies and subjected them to elaborate eternal tortures. And it was here that they would send the wicked Tantalus. Tantalus would be made to stand in a pool of water. Above his head, a great apple tree would reach out its branches. Gripped by an eternal thirst, 
the water would recede from Tantalus's hand whenever he bent down to drink. And consumed by an insatiable hunger, the fruit of the tree would blow just out of Tantalus's reach. And above the pool, a great boulder lay precariously balanced. Tantalus would wonder if he would be crushed by it at any moment for all eternity. I do wonder what became of Zeus and the other gods of Olympus. Gradually, mortals would stop making sacrifices to the gods, and their temples would fall into ruin. Perhaps the gods grew tired and fell into an eternal sleep, or moved on to found other new worlds and populate them with new stories. What then has become of the residents of Tartarus? Do those elaborate punishments carry on with clock-like efficiency? Does the wind shake the fruit above the pool? Does the water sink into the mud? Does the boulder teeter overhead whenever we speak the word tantalize? Uh, that was really, really good. good, Peter. I'm Thanks. Peter, we're going to, one day you'll be able to publish everything under the mystery name and Cammy and I will just be rich off of your the fruits <laughs> of your labor. <laughs> That's how it's going to work. That was especially good, really. That, that was, was fun. Great. Yeah. Yeah. And and it's it really gets you because my old story. It was great. <laughs> well, and, yeah, but and, you like did work, man. Like that was really good. That was well. I mean, if I had just told the story, the story is like four sentences. You know, it's right. like Tantalus Tan like tried to trick trick the gods and screw them over. They caught him and they punished him. You know, it's like <laughs> right, exactly. Well, and you know, I when we discussed that we were going to do this, I, I really had never heard of Tantalus before. Um. And so that's a really great primer for, I think, the way you just kind of said it too, like a, a great introduction. Um, well, a great definition of, of Tantalus as well. Um, I was telling Cammy, I mean, I, I don't know who, who doesn't know about Sisyphus at this point, um, but Tantalus, I mean, I, that's such a, I don't know, I, I never would have come across Tantalus. Um, that's so funny. I mean, like I... Uh... I remember reading his story like when I was a kid and it really stuck with me. So, Oh really? See, that's, that was the idea with Sisyphus um, for me was coming across Sisyphus and, and that it's, but it's been, it's been, I, I, I don't, I don't know in particular, but I'm sure like my old cartoons that I watched even made fun of it, you know, mm -hmm. um, just that idea of the, the boulder and things like that. Um, well, gosh, where to start? Um, I have a question. So yeah, like, go for it. I, for both of you, it's kind of a matter of opinion. I mean, like, so are these punishments proportionate to the crime? I mean, like, you know, <laughs> yeah. I, I love, I love the idea. I kind of closed with it, like, you know, everyone's moved on. You know, the 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 Greek gods are just they've 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 gone away. But the idea that these that these guys are still in in Tartarus, still being tortured, like thousands of years later for <laughs> for just um, being kind kind of right. jerks. I think. <laughs> Well, Sisyphus, he killed a bunch of people or whatever, and he was he was really like a horrible person. And like I said, he was a crafty ruler, but also he was wicked. But there's levels to this, and Tantalus to me just I mean it just skeeves me out. Like the idea of cooking someone for someone else without their knowledge, and then serving it to them at this feast that you've held for them yeah or that you're invited to i i don't it's is that disputed or it was definitely like at his house 
It was it was at this party. So like he was invited okay. to the god to the god's to the house, and, uh, and 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 apparently and not it didn't just serve anyone but his son. You know, like right. So, and that, I was, that's what I was getting to. Yeah, like so the idea of just that, just the cannibalism yeah, aspect, or, I mean, infanticide, mm -hmm. really cannibal. Yeah. But yeah, like going even further. It, and how old was the son? Uh, I think he was a Do young, not, not super young. He was, you know, like probably a, a, maybe a teenager. Right. So then you're killing like your own flesh and blood who, I mean, would obviously be the one to like rule after you. So you, it's just so many layers. Like you're eating a person and then you're, you know, it's, it's someone related to you, someone very closely related to you, your own son. And then on top of that, you have no one else to rule after you. So you're like destroying yourself in the process. It's it's just such a crazy crime that he committed. I mean, Sisyphus, I mean, he sucked, you know, he yeah, just really yeah. sucked. But I mean, some of the stuff he did, he was almost like sort of chaotic neutral. Like he, you know, he told on Zeus for taking away the the child of that one guy and or the god, and I think it was—I think that's the god of the wind, maybe or something. I can't remember, but anyway, so he took—he took away that god's child, or no, the god of the springs. That's what it is, because he—he he put a spring in Corinth. But so he took that child away. Zeus did. So that was like a bad thing Zeus did, and he told on him. So that wasn't necessarily horrible what Sisyphus did in that account. But mm -hmm. then hitting people over the head with a rock. Yeah, that's mean. Like, you shouldn't <laughs> be doing that. Like, what are you mm -hmm. doing? You're ruling a city. Like, just get on with it. But Tantalus is just so many layers of, of horribleness. Yeah, yeah. So I, if anybody deserves it, yeah, I think Tantalus probably. You know, it's funny. Like, I, again, like, so when I was looking into everything, the first thing I realized, and this will be good for people who just don't know, Tantalus and Sisyphus together are ancient myths. So, like, we've talked about in our Hercules and other, other things. These were ancient stories to the ancient Greeks. So mm -hmm. like in, in, in 600 BCE, these stories were really old, just like how Troy is, you know, we don't even have any resemblance of, of if these people were real, but they were certain, the stories were very real, like Hercules, like Zeus, things like that. But with Tantalus, it's really funny. Like the first thing I kind of read on ancient EU was, uh, it says his terrible punishment was set as a warning for humanity not to cross the line between mortals and gods. And then the next like paragraph is genealogy. Tantalus was uh, the son of uh, or, uh, Zeus and his mother Pluto. And I was like, wait, hold on. Cause I didn't realize he himself is like essentially a God. I yeah. He was a mortal. And so I was like, wait, wait, why is he a warning for humanity and mortals? And when this is, this is a God. Wait, like, what is he? So is he half god or he's he's a demigod? Yeah. Well, he's a demigod, but his mother is Pluto, and Pluto is a titan, if I remember right. Oh, let me check. So well, it's Plu Pluto is um. It's not the it's, Pluto. It's uh. It's Hades. Yeah, Pluto is Hades. No, no, no. You're getting uh, I think a little confused. I'm trying to find the note. Ah, um. While save I'm looking us. for this, <laughs> save us! <laughs> no, it's wrong. Shoot, that's okay. No, it it was just like, it's just funny to think that he that that's the, the story of punishment, and it's like, no, this is just 
gods. Like I, I can't learn how to be punished like a god because you know I can't, I can't criminalize that, like a god. You know, I don't know. That's I'm interesting. Yeah. Um. You know, cause maybe since since he's not a pure mortal, um, that he has to have this special punishment. Um, my wife also pointed out something interesting that you know. Like like you pointed out, these stories were old to the ancient Greeks. This might be a warning to an old, earlier civilization that may have practiced infanticide, you know, like who may have sacrificed their children to the gods. And this is like the Greeks way of saying that is not OK, you know, because like, we see that, you know, not just in, in Greek mythology. We see it in the story of Abraham and Isaac, you know, that this, you know, there are these lessons out there like do, you know, you know. Once upon a time, we may have sacrificed our kids to the gods, but we don't do that anymore. And maybe this, maybe part of the story is is a is a is a teaching moment for people. Like, hey, we've we've moved beyond this now. Yeah, that's really good. Well, so I'll I'll use that point to kind of segue. So, Brian, I looked it up. It's Plauto. Plauto is, is the mother. Yeah. Oh, okay. Ancient yeah. E. Yeah, they ancient EU does say uh, a. Um, the nymph slash titan is what they say named they just put it as pluto um uh, okay well so when i was looking i kind of looked at the broader idea of like punishment in ancient greece and i i mean that's uh, a whole gigantic can of worms mm-hmm. um because there's so many different periods there's so many different states but i found a really interesting piece that specifically talks about the death penalty in athens and what was really cool was so one one big thing was that the the early stone Athenian lawgiver was this guy Dracon D R A C O N so where you can hear the draconian um, which is pretty uh, a negative co- and term like if something is draconian oh did that bad. term come from that name correct yeah his wow. laws were kind of full of suck so um, <laughs> that was one kind of big thing but the death penalty in classical Athens wasn't um, the go-to and it, it was the most severe form of punishment. It was, it was the gravest sin, um, intentional homicide um, or, or something else. I don't know what else they kind of say is the grave sin. Um, uh, unintentional homicide was generally exile um, and, and things like that. But what's what I like really about this too, one, it talks about the, the death the, the modes of death penalty this i'm reading an article written by um joshua browers he there's this really cool uh book that us or books that the scholar douglas mcdowell has done and he has i guess one of the big dudes on ancient greek law anyway so the death penalty again it wasn't what they wanted to do and interestingly enough it was sort of like so they used to throw you just just kind of chuck you down a chasm and kind of leave leave you be then it was noted that you would be killed and then chucked. So there wasn't really like a, a good burial, but then eventually it was kind of uh, either uh, a hemlock, which is how Socrates died uh, by drinking poison. Um, and even there was um, another form of being beaten either by a club or by a sword. So the big thing though, that I liked from this and to get to like Peter's point of like kind of stopping people from sacrificing people was the, they didn't like, they didn't like killing people because of the the miasma theory um which yeah exactly yeah when i saw this i was really surprised so the the miasma theory it's it's a long it's a long and ever-evolving thing 
different culture, but kind of basically they believe like sickness kind of gets in the air. For the Greeks, they kind of believed that there was. I'm gonna I'm gonna quote Joshua Brewer's um, term, uh, religious pollution of miasma, and so there there had to be a sort of like a, a ritual behind it, if if they did. So um, that's why like uh, exposure was the way to go. <laughs> you, like that's you know. Um, if there was hmm. a kid that was deformed, if you leave it, oh, we didn't kill it, it got killed, because you know, that kind of thing. So that hmm. was kind of like a way to mitigate it. Um, like a so, passive, passive killing. Exactly, exactly, yeah. It just wasn't, it wasn't the go-to way. Like, exposure was the way to go if you needed to. Um, so anyway, uh, and I think like the hemlock especially was a way of... Uh, making it work without being gory i, I just it may, it reminds me too cammy and i talked about it i can't remember i think it was the the um romulus and ramus episode there's this great book uh roma by stephen sailor it's sort of like a, a a fictional account of the making of rome and then it goes it goes it's a really long book but anyway there's a really cool part in the beginning the pre-roman societies these people that kind of uh they're the the ancient pre-romans and they're this little hunter-gatherer tribe and one guy kills another man with a spear and he he makes a careful point or no he gives a deer a deer and he takes a careful point to clean the blood off of the land because they talk about it would upset spirits like to to soil the land so i think like this was a a pretty common idea not just in the ancient greeks but in the ancient world in general too so that i just liked um and i think that kind of goes in really well to that point that you have there cool yeah yeah i was really pleased um go, i mean going in so tantalus instances like they're super ancient they're, they're not they there isn't a was this person real like and not even as close as it was like hercules where i had some cool things of evidence in him in like southeast asia uh, or, or his ideas in southeast asia and even like uh what was it spain um and things like that where he just popped up everywhere but um the biggest references of it are homer's um odyssey um, I think he does both of them, if I remember right, as I'm scrolling through my notes. But uh, there's also lots of artwork that they're featured in. And that's kind of like, uh, especially with Sisyphus, it seems like there were waves of popularity with him, like in 510 BC. But then there's a, in the 4th century, there's sort of a new wave of, of Sisyphus appearing on cups and stuff. And I'm just like, is this like a Nike logo? I don't know. Um, <laughs> just like throwing a dude with a rock on it. Um, but, uh, it, what, well, yeah. So in, in Sisyphus too, he, he was, um, it, you can talking about, uh, him being like Vlad the Impaler. He's actually sort of regarded as a, um, uh, a, a trickster master thief, kind of like lesser Loki almost. And I didn't realize he was that involved that, that Loki or, um, Sisyphus was that involved. So I just thought that was really interesting. Um, Homer also describes him as the human who rules the winds, uh, which I thought was really interesting. But it, it's funny because Sisyphus is clearly not a god, and so I kind of get the punishment there. Um, but again, because Tantalus is a god, I'm just I'm really lost. Um, but one thing I'll point to and to explain. So Sisyphus, I always I never saw him as this this evil kind of figure. I always kind of felt bad for him because I, I didn't always realize why he was being punished, but I just punished by the gods. It's like, well, the gods do whatever they want. So, of course, they could punish this guy for no reason. 
Um, but I, I think what really inspired the change was, uh, I don't know if you guys know of it, it's this 1942 um, essay from French philosopher Albert Albert Camus 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 Albert Camus and uh, he wrote Les Mirs du Sisyphe um, no he wrote yeah The Myth of Sisyphus and this it's the absurdist nihilistic view and it's really funny like the Britannica um, sort of like uh, spark notes version kind of dumbs it down but it's really interesting because he kind of in the essay addresses like uh, for Sisyphus, if suicide is not possible, then the only alternative is to rebel by rejoicing in the act of rolling up the boulder. <laughs> um, and so, like, how how does if he's condemned to this life, how does he do it? Well, he is, how, how does he work with it? So he could be like, oh, I love rolling this boulder. Oh, <laughs> it's gonna fall down. We like, and that's I could totally just see that happening. Yeah, um, he he made it like almost, um, if I remember correctly, like. The, there was no purpose to it because the boulders like being rolled up or we don't see it as having a purpose because the boulders being rolled up and then it just rolls down and he just does the same thing ever mm-hmm. but he finds meaning in the task itself in the act of rolling the boulder boulder in the act of coming down to retrieve it right. I don't know. He, he made it almost beautiful like in you know giving yeah, yourself yeah. even if you're doing a menial task for the rest of your life hey see, there is meaning in it if i was the god that set up that weird game i would just make it so that he was like always pushing the boulder but he couldn't rest he would just always see i this makes so much more sense to me but i didn't realize that the boulder went all the way up to the top of the hill and then came back down on the same side i thought he was rolling the boulder over the hill and then it would go on the other side super you have to go get it he'd have to like go get the boulder sure and then roll it back up the other side of the hill and then it would just go back down like he can't keep it at the precipice of the hill is kind yeah. of how i saw the punishment but that's yeah like, apparently not well there there's a um there's a Ooh. sculpture from 450 oh go ahead go ahead well i just i had a theory about that like maybe maybe his punishment is he has this hope that if he gets to the top like his punishment will be over and it's just never so it's just like that an eternal oh, smashing of one. his hope. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's funny. Um, I was going to say there's a, a sculpture um, from uh, 540 BCE um, that's uh, in a, a museum that is, it's it's a painting of Sisyphus, um, steep looking hill, boulder, check, check. And then there's also a winged demon attacking him. So just, <laughs> just throwing, someone was like, you know what? He's it's not bad enough. enough. <laughs> Let's get some little, little crappy guy just yelling and poking him. Well, um, I mean, would you do it? Like, he's not, he's obviously not compelled to do it because, as we will see later in another myth recorder, we're recording, I guess, next week, um, he isn't doing it for a time for a specific reason. So, does he have to do it? Is it like something that compels him to do it? Maybe he hmm. needs a demon to like add his back, you know, force you him know, to do this task. And, again, this is like a, a thesis for some kid in grad school but oh yeah one one thing that i found or that i read from um was this britannica yeah it was it britannica talks about the scene in general um it's uh I'll, i'll just quote britannica it appears to belong with other greek imaginings of the world of the dead as the scene of fruitless labors so i think it's it's he's dead and 
this is the punishment. So it, it's almost like uh, 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 that's it. You know, like this is the this is the the death. This is this is the task. Like, I mean, that's maybe, interesting. Yeah, because like you know, like some of the the shades of the underworld like don't really have consciousness. So it's like, right. do these guys know what they're doing? Or right. Hmm. I, I yeah. think absolutely Sisyphus and Tantalus know what they're doing because it's considered a punishment. If they didn't know mm-hmm. what they were doing, it wouldn't be a punishment. It would just be fruitless labor, like you were uh. talking about. I mean, I could see like them saying that too, because you imagine, I mean, they're probably plowing fields or you know, raising livestock, but you don't need to eat if you're dead. Yeah, they're probably no. doing all the things that they would have done on Earth, but... Hmm. Uh, guys, I feel terrible. I totally missed my joke because we went straight into great academic talk. I was going to say that syphilis is a sexually transmitted disease caused by the bacterium Trypanoma pallidum subspecies pallidum, and then you guys were going to laugh, and then I was going to start talking. But I totally, I just saw in my notes that I had that there. I think it's probably for the best that you I didn't missed use it. it. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I it, didn't get it, so. <laughs> Sisyphus, syphilis. That's a deep, that's a deep track, man. I get that. Oh, oh, I see. Because you were gonna, you were gonna pretend like yeah, it was something completely different. Oh, I get it. I was like, okay, guys, so let's get into it. So Sisyphus is the, and then, (laughs) and then that's it. And then you guys are gonna, yeah, mystery. The podcast about STDs. Um, What we're doing now is funnier. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes. No, that's why I I just had to save it like that. Well, the last, I think, big thing I've got is that there is uh, – Wikipedia's got a historical background section of Tantalus that I, I found really interesting. Um, so there is possibly the ruler uh, – there is a, a historical evidence of a, of a, of a Tantalus king um, around um, – in a, an Anatolian city named Tantalis with an I instead of us. Um, the city of Tantalus, um, or of a city named Sipilus, which I think was referenced before several times in other things that it, that Tantalus was that king. Um, yeah, so it was a mountain, Mount Sipilus. That's right. That's where the that's mines right. were. Yes. Um, and so there's some speculation that, cause, and the the the, this, uh, the western extremity and of Anatolia where uh lydia was to emerge as a state before the beginning of the first millennium bc which is thought to be uh like so pelops the lydian um is what his son is called sometimes and so they're thinking that he like pelops maybe was the founder of the house of lydia or lydia which is a city that was in this greek area so there's this kind of loose connection that maybe these people were real or at least like um i'm trying to think it maybe it's like the gilgamesh story where it's like uh there, there's hard evidence that this was an actual alive person whether or not these things kind of happened the way they did uh is of course probably not true so um i just thought that was really cool that there there is some evidence that because of these old cities that there, there's some nice connections there I have something to kind of uh, like to attach to that. Yeah. If I, if I may, uh, Strabo actually wrote a little bit about the city of Tantalus uh, and mentioned that it was destroyed by earthquakes. Oh, yes, yes. Yes. And yeah. um, so like it, it was destroyed by earthquakes and then it was flooded 
and then um, it eventually submerged beneath the lake so that possibly the punishment of Tantalus in Tartarus is modeled after the 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 fate of the city that had that had all these natural disasters happen to it so there's some right. interesting parallels there too well it's cool too is because strabo died i i did see that and I, I actually had some notes um strabo died in 23 a.d and there was a uh, a greek geographer um pausanias or Pasani, Pasanius, yes all right pausanias <laughs> I'm gonna say it more. <laughs> he died in 180 AD, and they both wrote of this same uh, event for the city of Tantalus being destroyed by earthquakes and stuff. So I don't know if, and and it looks like they were independent of each other too, because Pisanius, um, he is from Lydia, and Strabo was in uh, what's present day Amasya, Turkey. So I don't think they would have the chance of them their works kind of meeting each other. Well. Obviously not each other, but Bassani is coming across Strabo's work. I don't know how what the chances are, but the, it looks like there's two independent primary sources that kind of reference this at least. Do the stories predate the city? No. No, because somebody <laughs> you said was an AD, right? Strabo. Yes, Strabo and Pisanius. They're both talk, AD. They're both AD, and they both. Okay talked about the fate of the city of Tantalus being destroyed violently. And, and Strabio, oh, okay, which struck throughout Lydia and Ionia, and that's uh, Lydia is where Strabo is from. So, it's cool. So I mean, this was just an old story to them as well? Yes, that it, it would you. have been okay. an old story to them, yeah, and so Strabo just doing history and stuff. Um, but it's it's cool, because because Tantalus, the, there's also the... the um, the myth or the the punishment was that he's got food and water that's always out of reach, right? Mm-hmm. So there's like two idea, like two punishments in that the, he's in got. The boulder above him. Oh, I, I yes, I, yes. It seems like they're like independent things. Is what I've seen. It's, it's either yeah. Well, no. Sometimes the boulder's present and sometimes it isn't. <laughs> sometimes it's off. Sometimes I, well, it's I had to look. It's on the author. I had to admit sure. some of Tantalus's crimes too, because there were just there were so many that I'm like, you know, it's it's not feasible if he does all these things. Greek so I, tax evasion isn't that big of a deal. <laughs> it's just not. Like he, he supposedly like st- stole like a, a a bronze boar that Hephaestus had made, and there's all these you know all these terrible Tantalus stories. But if you want Tantalus, if you want to go down a rabbit hole, I was I was gonna maybe flesh out my story a little bit by talking about the house of Atreus, which is like the descendants of Tantalus. So it's like, so Tantalus, son had Pelops, Pelops who had his, you know, who was cut up and reassembled. Um, and his son was Atreus. Atreus's son was Agamemnon from, from the Iliad and the Odyssey. Uh, just like it's, it's really, and it, every generation there, these, these do like horrible things to each other. They, they, they sleep with, they sleep with each other's wives. They murder their children. It's, it's just a mess. So um, there's a lot of, uh, a, lot, a lot of, a lot of drama in that family. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, fun fact too. Atreus is the name that, um, uh, uh, of, yeah, thank you, uh, Kratos' son. <laughs> I haven't even played it. I know. I just I was blanking, <laughs> but um, yeah. In in the in the God of War remake, you know, uh, Kratos has his son, and they name him um, Atreus. Uh, Sweet. And he's he says it's after like a warrior he fought with. So I I wonder if it's just 
fun Greek sounding name or if they're trying to make the connection to that uh, line mm-hmm. as well. So God, maybe I play that game so bad. Maybe Atreus is just like John, you know, just everyone's Atreus. <laughs> um, no, Good that's luck great. Finding a PS4 right now, Peter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good thing you already have a Switch because. <laughs> Yeah, like impossible to find. I'll tell you what yeah. people are coming. People are coming out of the woodwork with like, I, I get I I get like a text every couple of days like, hey, you know where I can get myself a switch, right? <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah. Well, guys, this has been an excellent episode. I hope that our listeners don't find it as punishing as what Sisyphus and uh, oh, they t- loved it. <laughs> yes. Listening to this podcast is like rolling a Not. giant boulder up a hill. Yeah, <laughs> but it's it's the it's the French philosopher point where it's like, yeah, I love this boulder. <laughs> I'm gonna I rock this boulder, it. right? I'm gonna take this boulder so hard. I don't know. Um, so yeah, I, I don't really have any like recommendations. I I I would say I mentioned Stephen Saylor's book Roma. I've listened to the first couple hours on audiobook, and I it just. It was really long, and it, I started listening to it right before semester started, and then I lost it. But I, I should pick it back up if you want some cool um, ancient, like it's um, pre-Rome. So there, there's some Greek influence in it. It's really cool. You should check that out. I have, I a, little, I have a little something. Um, I'm sorry. Um, so I really wanted to, to kind of like modernize the story of Tantalus a little bit. So you may have heard some some modern references in my story, and I. Got that from a webtoon that I think I've mentioned on here before called Oh yeah. Yeah, Lore Olympus. It's absolutely mm-hmm. brilliant. It's it's basically the story of uh, Hades and Persephone. Um, but there's, you know, all sorts of side stories with various deities and, and furies, and it's it's a ton of fun. And the artwork is is amazing. So that was kind of my uh, inspiration for for bringing a modern twist to to Tantalus. Cami, what did you have? Oh, okay. So this has nothing to do with like Greek mythology, cool. but there are two shows that I've really been enjoying and I'm just going to recommend them. <laughs> um, one is Motherland and it's on FX and you can also get it on Hulu. And it's like these witches, but they're working for the U.S. Army and it's just a really good story. And then the and it's nice. in its first season. What? That's, that's good. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing is, have you guys seen what we do in the shadows love, yeah i love, love. Okay, i saw the so, film so good there's a film yeah. oh yeah yeah that's Ta- based Taika off that. yeah i did not know that um i will check that out but it's just so good like i i didn't want to like it because i thought it was going to be like twilight or something i didn't realize they were doing a um Almost like a, what, what do you call it? A reality TV show with vampires. Yes. And just the humor in it is mm. fantastic. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's great. Um, so, yeah. So both of those things, like the Motherland is, is witches, you know, and this is vampires, but they both deal with kind of mythical realms. But yeah. That's great. Well, since, since we're going off of Greek mythology a little bit, can I make one more suggestion? Yeah. Please. Uh, we, my family, we're, all, do- we're like really bored right now. So all right, please make a suggestion. My family devoured uh, the Netflix series Ragnarok. It's a it's a Scandinavian series, so it's it's I think it's Norwegian. So um, 
so it's in it's in Nor- it's in Scandinavian language. So if you speak German, you're gonna it sounds very like ger- you know very Germanic and fun. But it's it's a the kind of a modern retelling of like Norse stories. Like what if what if uh, like uh, Thor was born again, and what if the the frost giants? Basically, the idea is that frost giants are like you know industrial barons mm. <laughs> it's it's so fun it's 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 a it's it's a younger cast of so the, the 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 main characters are in high school so it has a bit of teen teen drama going on but it's really smart and sexy and fun oh, it's, it's great Acne is it like bubble. buffy it's it is buffy-ish yeah okay i will like it then i will definitely check it out it's great yeah that sounds right up your alley Mm-hmm. Awesome guys. Well, and it, thank you. And it's you. short, so you can like knock it out in like a few days. Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's good. Well, fantastic guys. Peter, thank you so much for joining us again and gracing us with that great writing. Cammy, you were here too. It was great. Um <laughs> You called um, me a host at the beginning. Yeah. Uh, sort of. That was it. So <laughs> Peter just booed me being called a host <laughs> yeah, no I, I was i was i was booing brian's treatment of you <laughs> that's okay cammy owns everything finds yeah find somebody else to bankroll the podcast right yeah <laughs> <laughs> well guys if you uh have any suggestions or criticism hit us up uh, mystery with an ie um at gmail.com is a great way to reach us but we've got our facebook group as well um Ooh. i think that's about it guys can, can um, you mention after dark Okay. Yes, yeah. Please join us every. It's a nine p.m. right Mondays. Nine p.m. on Mondays, live on Facebook. But if you can't make it, uh, the the videos are archived on our mystery Facebook page. Yes, yeah. And, and if you're gonna... listening to this and you're not a member of the Facebook page, it's just you just type in myth story with an IE, um, yes. and then request to join, and we'll we'll accept you. Yes, yeah, please do. And and uh, we'll be trying to get some stuff on like YouTube and stuff too, even. I'm looking into that. Yes. But, uh, great, guys. Well, uh, Cammy, Peter, I will see you guys next time. Uh, take care, everybody. Right on. Oh.